Have you ever wanted to be more superhuman? Are you ready to contribute to the future of humanity while well, you're in the right place? Join Michelle and AJ now for the Becoming Superhuman podcast. You'll be glad that you did. Welcome to everyone once again. This is the most delicious human next to me over there. He is on my screen. I don't know where he is on yours, but he's there on mine. And um, here we go with a bit of the Brady Bunch. That's what it feels like when we're in these screens all the time, doesn't it? And his name is Stephen. And Stephen Barclay is a dear, dear friend of mine. I know I've already chatted on about him all day, actually, and said I was waiting for this session. He is someone who I have known for a long, long time. So over 20 years. Yep, we're starting to show our grey hairs and our age, Stevo. Um, we used to work together in a health service where our offices were right near each other, weren't they, for many years. And we also worked on many projects together. I was in public relations. He was the quality manager. And we had all sorts of things that we did together. In particular, we also did um, a values project that was so um, wonderful and touching and I think is what really brought us to become such good friends because we realised through the process of doing an, a values project that our values were aligned. Now, Stephen is also one of the very first meditators I met in my life. It was one of the first people I was exposed to that did meditation and another lady that I worked with at the time, Jane, was also a meditator. So I had these beautiful, calm people around me and I was a bit cray cray, could we say? I was always rushing, rushing, doing, doing. And I was like, I want a bit of what they're having. And so it was so amazing to have Stephen um, come back to Australia. And he's going to tell you more about that because he has been in India for a number of years now. Um, but really, I think the title, which is Amplifying Your Intuition in Times of Great Noise, that's what the title is for tonight. And that's what we're going to be talking to. And so to start off, I think Stephen's already posted a question. Do you want me to ask that question? Or do yeah, you want go, to please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's already asked a question. And that's what I love about him. He's a professional facilitator as well as many other hats he wears. So he's very good at drawing out the gold out of you. And he's just asked, amplifying your intuition in times of great noise, what was it about tonight's title that attracted you to join this call? So start popping your answers in. We'd love to know. And you people out there in Facebook land, tell us what was it that attracted you? So Noshi's saying we all have intuition. How do I tap into it further? Yeah, good point. Right. Yeah. What else? And we, we, we very much wanted to make this uh, interactive and crowdsourced uh, because when I find, and thank you very much for your introduction, AJ, and uh, it's been an amazing relationship. And as you said, uh, I think one of the things that made us bond uh, very much uh, was our work on values together. And actually, I'll make mention to that um, in relationship to intuition a little bit later on. Um, so, yes, we, we are interested to hear what you have to say with respect to what attracted you here. If you can just keep reading those out for me, AJ, it's a bit hard for me to keep up uh, with it. No, I'll keep up with it. We've got that. Nosh said I mentioned your name so many times he had to watch you, Steve-O. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I even talked about we went and saw the Red Fort together um, last year in India. Um Dr. Manu is it Manu is saying I guess we need intuition more at these times than at normal times. Yeah, good point. Manoj, good point. I think that Yububu is. Yeah. is saying the highest level of. Oh, is it Manoj? Huh? Yes, I've got a dot on my screen. There you go. Mahubub is saying the highest level of wisdom is the intuition and how to tap into it. 
Um, Susan's saying the same. I guess she's meaning that I've been banging on about you, Stephen. <laughs> um, mm. We've got another person on Facebook saying the speaker was the draw card. Ooh-hoo. <laughs> nice. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an interest it's an interesting topic, and actually, uh, AJ and I um, developed the topic together. Uh, just a little bit of working out, um, and she was pulling things out of me of what was really important to me and what was some of the what was a large part of my life over the last twenty years. And I can't say that I've always been really tapped into my intuition and it's very much a, a journey and it's still a journey of really understanding what um, intuition is and the next question I'm, I'm wanting to ask you is what what is intuition mean to you um, if you were to use another word other than intuition what word would you use um, because it means many things to different people and you know I'm I'm a I'm a was a blokey bloke really and if you had a mention the word intuition to me about 25 years ago I would have you know you're in woohoo land um so it's it wasn't something that I was that comfortable with but uh it's it kept um as uh I think Michelle said today it was a universe's way of keep keeps tapping on your shoulder and the thing about intuition to me is, is that it, it will keep tapping on your shoulder until you take notice of it. Um, and tonight we want to go on to that journey together and just talk about um, what are the things that have really helped me in build my intuition. Um, and and we'll, we'll crowdsource that as well. So what are people saying to us, uh, AJ? I'm on mute. Um, they're saying things like the inner instinct, intuition a gut feeling and in a voice god's noise within me i like that mahubu mm, wow. um i know for me i say it's a bit of a knowing you know it's that when it just drops in mm. and you just know something um yeah uh no in facebook land oh they're telling us they've put us on the big screen on their tv so they can all watch us <laughs> lovely so, hello I hope it's not screen. too scary what else have we got? Intuition, sixth sense. Intuition is the inner tutor trying to tell me something which I've been ignoring always. Oh, I like that. I wow, like that's that. great. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And um, it is interesting. And and I guess the other part, thank you very much for uh, helping us get a, a good understanding of it. The word that really connects with me is sixth sense. Um mm. The reason why it does connect with me is that what I've realised that when you're when you're fully appreciating your five senses and you're acknowledging what they're bringing to you and you're totally embodied, that's when you're able to um, give life to your sixth sense, which is your intuition. Um, so, and and one of the things around building um, intuition for me is being fully aware of my sixth senses my five senses, and that enables my um, my intuition to become a little bit more alive. And I'll go on, I'll go into that a little bit more. Uh, and so the next question that we had was with respect to um, the second part of the, the title today, which was around noise. And um, so what, what I was interested in this context, what does noise um, mean to you and what does noise look like and feel like? 
with respect to intuition. Great. And I think immediately um, during COVID, people go, well, there's noise from the media and everything that's going on. But what else? What's some of the noise that can come at you? Some of the noise you're dealing with. So we've got discouragement from others. Interesting. Noise for me is the inner noise of the disturbed mind. Wow. Mm. The negative garbage, to politely put it. Yeah. External (laughs) External noise. noise is. Mm. Can you tell us a bit more about the external noise you're talking about, Mahubub, there? What, what specifically? Susan's saying too much information coming from all directions. Mm. Yes. What about in Facebook land? They're on a slight delay, so give them a minute to type. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what kind of noise right. gets in the way of tuning into the intuition? Environmental media, yes. Yeah. Sometimes family. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, noise, it can come in all shapes and sizes. And my experience um, around noise um, is mainly internal. Uh, what, what I've understood is about uh, taking full responsibility um, for the noise. And, and interestingly, in the- Jennifer on Facebook just said internal. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the internal noise. It may be external um, but what I've found over the years that the more that I've begin to uh, create space for my intuition to become more refined, and, and there's several different ways. And I think that the, the first time when I really started to become aware of my intuition was probably um, about 2006. Um, so it's not that long ago. And what led me to that was it was the end of 2005, I went to a seven-day uh, silence retreat. And at the end of that seven-day silence retreat, so, yep, I'd been meditating during that time. Uh, there was no, it was silence. There was no um, uh, digital. There was no books. There was no reading. It was it was really a silence retreat. And so the first aspect was I'd been doing a lot of meditating um, and I had begun been meditating at that stage for about 10 years, um, not continuously, uh, but I'd been practising meditation for about 10 years. And it was the end of 2005 and so on New Year's Day 2006, I was just sitting there and reflecting on my year that had gone by and was just writing down things of all of the things that had happened and relationships, a whole range of different things. And then I just sat there and asked myself a question. And the question was, what will happen? What will I be doing in 2006? And so then I sat in meditation again and this lightning bolt came to me and said, you're going to leave your job in 2006 and you're going to work outside of Australia. So it was really clear and it was a question. And what I realised is that questions are a really important way for us to refine our intuition. And so I asked myself this question and up it came. Now, the answer to it didn't come immediately It came after initially I thought maybe it might be New Zealand and then I thought, nah, it's not going to be New Zealand, it's too similar to Australia. Then I travelled to Sri Lanka and I was in Sri Lanka for 10 days. I thought, oh, maybe it's Sri Lanka, but there was no answer. There was no yes, there was no no. 
and then I was in India. And uh, and then somebody, a very uh, good friend of mine, um, came up to me and said to me, "Are you? How ready are you for a change?" And I said, "What do you mean? What type of change?" He said, "You know, job change." And I said, "Yeah, I'm ready because I've had this intuition." And then she introduced me to the people at this hospital, which I'd been visiting for about the last prior 10 years so I knew all about it and so they asked will you come and work for us and help us um, establish proper systems um, around the hospital and so and I went "Uh aha you know it was like this moment where I really started to realize that my inner voice had been guiding me and it it spoke and what were the conditions that made uh, me that enabled me for that intuition to speak out and for me actually to listen to it. And and there's often many times when intuition will speak to us and and we we don't listen to it. So I think one of the things that's very helpful helpful in guiding our intuition is asking ourselves questions. And whatever those answers that come, just write them down and and go back on them and just see if they they come to fruition. And that will help you build your confidence. Uh, That will help you build your confidence around um, your your intuition. And there's other... So we've got a couple of questions, and given you're talking about questioning your intuition, maybe we can go there. Um, Nosha's asked, what made you go to Sri Lanka and then India? What was the curiosity? And in Facebook... Um, Isabel has asked, "What was was it during or after the retreat that you asked yourself this question?" Thank you, Yep. So uh, the first, the, the last question first. So it was at the end. So it was the end of seven days. Uh, so it was on the day after the retreat had finished. So it was on New Year's Day. So the retreat finished on the thirty first at at the end uh, at, at midnight. Um, and so it was the next day just sitting quietly by myself. Um, and I wrote that question down and I wrote that answer down. Uh, and I had no idea what it looked like, but I, I just let time give me the answer. And the second question, I was actually touring uh, Sri Lanka teaching meditation um, uh, at banks and uh, tea plantations to uh, uh, senior executives so that was the reason that I was there. Um, but when I was at Sri Lanka, there, there just wasn't the answer. But then obviously it became clear to me when I got to India uh, where that would be. And and I'm interested to, for you also, what are the things that you do that helps you build your um, intuition? And I think one of the other things that really helps me is um is, as I said before, is being totally in my five senses. It's it's something that's sort of maybe a little bit counterintuitive. Um, it's not being ruled by my five senses, but being fully present. And so let's take a journey 13 years later um, from when I was in India. So I was in India for 13 years, and there was a couple of times when I thought, mm, is it time to go now? Is it time to come back to Australia? And I was back in Australia in March of last year and um, I was spending some time with my mother and and my mother's health is, is not brilliant and I was noticing I spent three days with her and I could see how much her condition had deteriorated. 
And so one morning, early morning, I went for a walk on the beach. We were staying at a place um, on the Sunshine Coast called Makula. And it was, an, it was an amazing morning. It was a stormy morning. Uh, the sky was grey. It was windy. And I'd walked about five kilometres and I was just starting to come back and the storm was getting worse, like it was really raining cats and dogs. And it was blowing. And it was a, such a state that I, the wind was totally in my face. I thought, this is not actually so safe to be on the beach anymore. So I decided to walk up into the sand dunes into the um, forest, which is like a paper bark, a tea tree plantation. And, and I walked into this forest and the forest had sort of broken the sound of the rain and there were all of these puddles on the floor and it was like I was in a symphony. And I could really feel it, like my whole body was just shimmering from the energy of the sea, of the salt water, of the sounds, of the grey colour of the sky, of this symphony of the rain hitting the roof of the, the forest and hitting the puddles on the sandy floor. And it was like in that moment I was totally in my body. I was totally aligned with all of my senses. And I was almost weeping with joy of the experience that I was having. And in that moment, I had another Shazam. And the Shazam was, you have to come home and you have to come home because something big is going to happen. And so this was in, this was in uh, April of last year. And, you know, when I told my family and I said to them, look, um, I'm coming home. And they said, yeah, yeah, you've been saying that for years. And I said, well, all the other times I said I was thinking of coming home and this time I am coming home. And so that level of conviction that came in me, so when I went back and told everybody they didn't want me to leave, but because of the power of the, of the experience that I had in that moment, uh, it was unshakable. Uh, nobody could move me off my, my path and I knew that I had to follow it. Um, because I followed it to get to India. So when it's telling me it's time to leave, I had to follow it. And so I, um, you know, these two things, the first one is about asking yourself questions. The second one is about being in your, your senses and nature and, and going out of your normal routine. Um, and that's why holidays and weekends are really important. Um, and, you know, you know we, we are busy, we've got lots of things to do, but finding those moments where you completely break from your routine, you're not doing the normal thing and you're getting your, your right brain an opportunity to, to kick in. So, AJ, some comments are coming up. and uh, Yes, I think people are relating to this. They love what you said before about a clear answer after a period of silence and how gold that is. Um, mm. We've got people here sharing some of their own stories of, you know, when it was time to leave a country or move and those sorts of things and those intuitions, creative visualisation, positive thinking, connecting to the supreme meditation in a silence. And I know you and I have talked when we met up in India and interestingly around the new year time as well um, that I had what I would call quite a breakdown right before New Year's Eve in India and then later had a breakthrough um, in the mountains in the Himalayas and same sort of thing immersed in nature silent in the process of meditation asked a question 
and bang, got an answer. And not always that clear, is it? It's not always that distinct what the answer is. Sometimes you've got to wait for the clues to turn up. But I love how you shared that before when you said you were coming home, that was an intellectual response. But then when you knew, you know, the amount of certainty and grounding, and even as you shared it, you could hear the difference. Yeah. Mm. So what about for people who've never had the bolt of lightning because I know my experience was literally a purging and then a bolt of lightning and I can mm. remember standing on a mountain in a temple um, and, and literally doing this with my hands above my head because I couldn't not, like it was so electric. Um, what about if you haven't had that bolt of lightning? How do you start to listen to this intuition? How do you start to distinguish? Is that just my mm-hmm. mind telling me what I want to hear or is that, you know, a gut thing? Yeah, I think um, one of the things is to write the things down. Um, When you have an intuition or something, just write it down. It doesn't have to be proven uh, straight away. Uh, And I think the big thing is about intuition for me as well. I've just given you two lightning bolt moments. I mean, that's two lightning bolt moments in 20 years. But there's there's lots of subtle things that happen. and it's, it's a slow and gradual thing that you do. And, look, you know, I think coming back to the silence and the meditation, uh, they've been a big part of, of me becoming, amplifying my intuition and uh, quietening the noise down. Um, so I remember today, actually, is the 24th anniversary of which I've been sober. And um, I'd forgotten about it. And just as I was writing the date down this morning, I went 2nd of May and then it came back to me. And so that was an interesting moment in itself uh, when I was reflecting on it. And I was I was the guest of honour at a rugby do in, um, in northern England and, uh, and I was being plied with free beer. And I'd been meditating up until that stage for about uh, 16 months. And I, through the meditation practice, one day I woke up and in January and I'd become a vegetarian. So in January I'd shifted. I'd started, things were starting to shift inside and I became a vegetarian. And I remember sitting in this, in this um, rugby clubhouse and I it was maybe my second beer of the night and it was a big schooner which is a really big glass of beer and I'd had one sip of beer out of it and I just looked at it and I just went I can't do that anymore and and I remember uh, putting it down and, and that was it so there's a lot of noise going on there you know and there was the noise of all my buddies and all my mates and all my friends I had free beer that's noise you know, and who's going to give up free beer? And then saying to my friends, you know, that's that's my last beer. And uh, so I think when I reflect back on it, the meditation had played a large part in the shifting, in sharpening. Um, and I guess one of the things that I've really found also in what amplifies your intuition is to look at those things that you have in your life that, and you use as an anaesthetic that you use as to uh, dull your your feelings, what you're feeling. And I think um, 
what has been really important to me is to become more feeling aware. And so those things that were that I was using as a bit of a crutch to help me numb what I was feeling at any point in time. And so I think the meditation, and then I took a step, I became vegetarian. So shifting energy. I was I was shifting my attention and each and every step contributed to um, a more uh, refined uh, intuition. Uh, Have I answered your question? I'm loving this. So I've asked um, everyone in the chat boxes to suggest maybe you could write down what are some of the things you use as an anaesthetic? I know for me, for a number of years, a good over a decade, I used work as an anaesthetic in that Mm -hmm. I would tell you I loved my work and I did enjoy it, but I worked and overworked because it was my anaesthetic and it was an avoidance of facing other things. You know, I'd stay in the work and keep busy. What are some of the things you all use as an anaesthetic? Um, Share away in the chat box. Yep, work. Susan's got work as well. Um, People are saying congratulations on your 25th anniversary. (laughs) 24th, yeah. 24th anniversary of being sober. That's awesome. Um, sleep as an anesthetic, work, hibernating, using the business, work, experiencing the bodylessness state in meditation, films. Yeah, Rosemary's got films. Lots of people do mm. binge watch on TV or good movies Netflix. or whatever it might be. Netflix, yeah. yes. Um, what about for you guys in Facebook land? What are some of the things that you use as an anaesthetic? And then um, friends and the outside world, yep, or from friends. Look, I, I think the other thing is to be just very gentle on ourselves is that we do have anaesthetics and and, and sometimes you give up one and you take up another. Um, and it's a process. And I think one of the things that I enjoyed about Uncle's talk uh, last night um, from mm. London was that his realisation that really enabled him to move forward was that we're all imperfect um, and it, it wasn't a competition. And so I think it's what I realise about intuition, it's not about me, it's about we. I know that when my intuition becomes sharper, um, it's helpful to other people. And it's also from, because one of the purposes of the, the, the Superhuman Summit is raising the level of consciousness. And if we can help the people that we work with to raise the level of consciousness, what effect will that have on their work? What will effect on, will that have on their creativity? What mm-hmm. effect will that have on their productivity and their efficiency? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're so, getting some people on Facebook. I'll, I'll just acknowledge them. Thank you for contributing as well. They're saying busyness, work. Um, we've got someone here sharing that I was using alcohol but stopped about 16 months ago and now have moved to sugar, but now I think it's social media. So I hope we're not contributing to that because this is good stuff. <laughs> Washing the yeah. dishes with the talk on, yes. Finding yeah. the competition with myself, not others. So, yeah, I think you're raising some really good points, Stephen, yeah. and, and, I- and ways to build that intuition. Mm. And, and, and and I invite you to make your own list Um on uh, what builds your intuition. And I think the things that we've talked about so far is questions, uh, writing your answers down, um, breaking with routine, um, which I 
find for me is, you know, break outside of that, give yourself, because the greatest, um, what do you call it, um, the one that has impact on our intuition the most is busyness. Um, but we're, we're so busy that we're not giving our mind that rest. Um, and I think, uh, was it Ankush that mentioned it last night about the progeny um, and the, the thought, the children, uh, the bubbles that we, you know, one thought leads yes, to another child. And so... Had little giving, mice. Yeah, giving ourselves space and times in our day uh, to be able to... Um, uh, just allow the mind to be quiet. Uh, and one of the one of the practices that I have only started more recently um, uh, is these morning pages, um, which is coming from I think the artist's way. Is that correct? Um, Kavi is online, I think, and he's the one that introduced me to the writer's way. And what I do in the morning is, is I have three blank pages. And after my morning meditation with my cup of tea, I sit with my pen and I just write. Um, and because what I've noticed is the stuff that comes out because my subconscious is a little bit prepared because of the meditation and the quiet time, uh, and it just bubbles out. I have no agenda. I have no structure. Um, and I just write. And uh, even this morning when I was writing, a whole heap of different stories started to emerge for me about the use of my intuition so writing is a is a is a useful tool and the other one is around uh feeling feeling more thinking less uh which is not so easy and is the reason why i practice meditation and one of the practices for me is learning to be uh the observer um and also aj talked a lot about that in her her talk around shifts um and learning to be the observer of the things that um, that are going on around you. And, and one of the stories that I'm remembering is um, around intuition is AJ was mentioning that she was uh, in India. Uh, and so I was living in a place called Mount Abu in Rajasthan and, and AJ was uh, up in Delhi. So I decided uh, with a friend to travel to Delhi so I could catch up with AJ. And uh, so we went to the Red Ford and we also went to, um, oh gosh, I always forget the name, but um, it's a famous mosque. We went to the um, amazing mosque right in the middle uh, of Delhi. One of the biggest mosques. Yeah, right in the middle of Delhi. And it just so happened that whilst we were in Delhi, um, my cousin was visiting Delhi with his uh, two children and his wife, but we had made no plans to meet up. Um, and Delhi is huge. I mean, it's massive. I mean, the population the size of Australia. Um, so that gives you some, or much bigger than that, I think, to give you some idea. And Delhi is just, you know, is people everywhere. And so we decided to go to this mosque and I'm standing in the middle of the mosque and I'd made no arrangements with my cousin, knew, did not know where he was staying or anything. And there I am standing and AJ was standing just next to me and my cousin walks up to me and stands in front of me and says, is that you? And so it was just like he also had no plans and he was walking down into the market and he said, just let me go upstairs, just let me go check out this mosque. 
And I don't think we had plans of it either. And let's just go and check out this mosque. And we all turned up. I don't know what's working there. Is that just synchronicity? Is that a coincidence? Is intuition working? I'll let you decide for yourself. Um, but it was it's, so delicious. And watching you guys reunite was so beautiful. It was just joyous. And actually, you know, everyone's in a mosque and kind of being quiet and praying and, and gathering in families and that sort of thing. And we're like, ah, <laughs> very excited. <laughs> yeah. And it was that moment stayed with me for weeks and weeks and weeks thinking about how it happened and the fact that it happened. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, bit woohoo, um, but it's really you've got to work out what intuition means to you. You, we all um, are explore and be curious and find out ways in which we can um, build our own intuition and find different ways in which you can um, build it. I think one of the other aspects uh, that has helped me is around values alignment. Uh, and there was a moment um, that AJ was mentioning at the beginning that we did some work together around values for our hospital, uh, but we also did some work called Values in Action for the community and we ran a series of workshops. And I think it was in the early noughties, um, 2000 sometime and uh, it was around the time of the en en Enron uh, the big incident and so there was a lot of um, uh, there was a lot of concern in the community about how that had happened and about honesty and ethics etc and we had this workshop which was just enabling people to explore their values and helping people to see that the things that we have in common are much stronger than the things that set us apart. And I remember at this workshop, there was one woman at the end of the workshop and she came up to me and she was in tears. And she said to me, I cannot believe I haven't asked myself these simple questions about values. And, and the very just simple, we'd asked questions about values and it had created a real shift in her and a real a recognition of the things that were important to her. And what I find is that when, when we are really asking ourselves questions and we're clear about our values, that creates um, an anchor for us. Um, and the values alignment in us is what helps our intuition be really clear, what's important to me, what's not. It sort of acts like an energy in our subconscious um, to guide us and direct, direct us. Which again kind of comes back yeah. to what you were talking about when you were talking about noise and reducing that. And I keep getting a visual when you're speaking of, you know, those snow domes that you used to get, the snow globes? Yeah. yeah and, and if you shake the snow globe and then there's all of the snow going everywhere, it you can't necessarily see the nativity scene or the picture or whatever, and you've got yeah. to wait for that snow or the artificial snow in it to settle in order to get a clear view of it. And, and that's what I'm envisaging when you're saying these things, you know, even with the values to get clear on your values is like that settling and a knowing then in order to progress forward or see a clear picture. Mm. Um, 
you're talking about your meditation and I know um, someone asked a question in the Q&A before, what was difficult about the silent meditation and what was delightful about it? Um, so maybe you can even share about that because it's that silence and it's after the seven days, isn't it, that you got that clarity? Mm, yeah. Look, I think that uh, it's meditation is like anything. It's, it's a practice and um, you're developing the muscle uh, to be the observer of your thoughts and feelings. And really meditation is just that. Uh, and you're learning to be more feeling aware and to connect to that reservoir of uh, powers, um, qualities, values that we all have inside of us that are uh, hard to tap into because our minds are so busy. And so that was really, I'm not sure it was my first experience of silence, um, but it's the longest period of silence. And I think you go through phases in the first couple of days. Uh, so definitely at the end of seven days, seven days is different from day two and day four is different from day two and uh, as you go through. So, uh, but it definitely gave me an appetite to continue that practice, which I try as much as often, um, but I start every day um, with a good two hours in the morning that are silent um, with no sort of sound or anything, just being fully aware of what's going on in my world and just really connecting um, to the environment that's around me. Beautiful. And I know I practice slow mornings. I don't know if it's two hours of silence necessarily, but it's definitely two hours of focus on what's important to me and regrounding and doing my yoga and meditation and all of those. Um, I think while we're talking about intuition, it would be lovely to ask other people in the chats as well, what are some of the signs that you have of intuition? Uh, and Nosh has said you do two hours daily. <laughs> Just confirming that. Yeah, yep. I'm, I, I do rise quite early, so that gives me the opportunity to, to, to be silent. Um, so uh, I, I, th those times for me is digital detox um, and finding um, times throughout the week also to have digital detox because that was mentioned uh, at the beginning mm. when we were asking people to crowdsource around what is the noise um, and it's the information overload and and, you know, uh, I've been working, uh, our organisation, uh, Flintrock, we've been working with organisations and just helping them in this transition um, from working in offices to working remotely. And so we were, you know, giving them some tips about you know, that whole thing of limiting how much social media that you you're you're absorbing in in a day and how many times you check the news or how many times you check the the COVID-19 number of cases and things like that because that's you know that does have a f effect on our um the vibrational level of our of our mind um and so I think that we do need to be conscious that uh, intuition is a vibrational thing. Um, and so whatever we can do to increase our vibrational frequency um, is going to help you hear your intuition, is going to help uh, amplify your intuition and just um, and rather than, you know, 
making more noise inside. The, uh, so you, I'll just pause and have a look at quickly what um, some of the things are in Facebook because people are loving what you're talking about and there's lots of activity going on there. Oh, someone's saying The Artist Way by Julia Cameron, yep, and that they love that as well, her morning pages. Um Arne is saying she loves it when those weird, happy things happen, which was about us having that meeting. Mm. Um, Intuition is the driver of synchronicity. We've got um, Isabella said we may not have arranged um, the meetup, but perhaps we both wished for it in our hearts and that's why it came about. Wow, Um, wow. Michelle's saying. so true. Yeah. What was that? Uh, Michelle's saying, oh, my gosh, Bali, because I mentioned Bali because her and I had a huge number of synchronicities the last few times we were there doing writing projects. People are saying that they feel their intuition in their heart. That's how they have signs. Um, And here in our chat box we've got people saying, Mahubub said he used to get positive dreams. Um, People are saying digital detox Mm -hmm. is helpful. Um, and Pooja is saying, I feel uneasy when a thought crosses my mind and I just know that it's going to come true, especially if it's something that's not good, um, mm. that there's an uneasiness and a warning of what might be to come. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think listening to our body uh, is a really good way of knowing that intuition is speaking because uh, it will um, be noticed in your body before you noticed it in in your subconscious, um, that's the level that it's working at. And particularly if we've ignored our intuition, um, as Michelle uh, said uh, today, I think it was, it will keep finding ways to tap you on the shoulder to let you know um, that it's there. So I think listening to the body is is a really important way of helping you identify that maybe you're not listening um, to your intuition um, and I think the other the other there's a couple of other ways to know that you're not listening to your intuition I think avoidance um, if you're avoiding making a decision um, is often a sign that you know the answer's there why, why aren't we taking that particular um, decision and we'd be interested to you know, what are the signs for you uh, that you've noticed that you haven't taken notice of your intuition? So maybe people can jump in and answer. And I know Michelle just wrote um, us running this summit is a great example of using intuition because we actually wanted to do something um, to support the world and humanity at this time during COVID-19. And we tossed a few ideas around and none kind of quite sat. And so we said, okay, you know, that's okay. And we left it. And then it was a few days later that the summit idea came up. And as soon as I talked with Michelle about it, we were both like, yes, we just knew. And it was a vibratory thing, as you're saying, Stephen, the intuition was vibratory in that both of us got um, goosebumps or truth bumps, as you might call them. We had chills and we were zingy. We just knew both of us. And it Mm. was, um, I think the left side of our body, was it, Michelle? We both just went, oh, my whole side has lit up. So, yeah, it's um, different every time. People are saying here, Someone told me that tinnitus is a sign of not hearing. Hmm, very interesting. Mm. Yes, goosey, Snosh. Yeah, great. Thank you. And I, I know that we're, we're, we're coming close. Um, the time. Yeah, we don't have a speaker straight after, so we don't have to great. jump off straight away. We can Wonderful. go to the- Yeah. So I think um, uh, 
but in summary, many of the things that I've found for, for building our intuition um, that has worked for me is around questions. Um, and I think the question you ask, it obviously has to be uh, an open-ended question, um, but it's an exploratory question um, and writing your answers down. Uh, the morning pages is something that's worked really well for me. Uh, doing things that break outside of your normal everyday routine uh, on a regular basis to give that sense of space for your mind. Uh, meditation for me works. It has helped over the years. It's helped sort of slow my thinking down, helped me to uh, be more of a detached observer of the things that are going on uh, around me. Um, writing. Um, the morning pages. Is there anything else that I've left out that we've mentioned so far? For some people, you know, being in nature, it could be painting. And for a lot of people, it can be music as well. Mm. Can bring that about. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I just wanted to say to people, if you've got a question, please pop one in the chat box. I know I've got one here on Facebook as well. As Stephen's talking, we can come back to those. Yes. Um, so maybe I can share this question with Stephen, which came from right. Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Um, and it's, if your intuition is telling you an idea is great, how can you differentiate that with fear? Because both tend to show up in the same way in my body. And, yeah, fear mm -hmm. can be a really strong enemy of intuition, can't it? So how can she differentiate that with fear? Yeah, look, I think um, that's probably instinct, Um and the, the fear is often trying to tell us not to do something. Um, how do you differentiate? Look, I think it takes time. Um, if, if you notice it and you're not so sure, is to sit with it, uh, is to, to give it some space and to give it some silence. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to, to differentiate between fear I think that the only way that I do it is around kindness. I just focus on self-kindness in that moment and even to say I don't need to make a decision so quickly. Um, if I'm not sure about that decision and which direction to go, I can give it some space. I can give it some time. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, it's, it's, it's a challenging one, but I just think it takes practice to work it out, um, whether it's, whether it's uh, a fear or whether it's a genuine thing that I need to be doing. Mm. And I love how you just mentioned giving it space. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is all of it needs a bit of space and a buffer around it, doesn't it? Even the questions need space to land. Um, I know I often ask questions before meditation and if I'm forcing it too much, I never get the answer and I might get it mm. a week later when I've forgotten about the question and I've given it space and there comes an answer. Um, lots of people are saying stuff in the chat box here, Steve. Um, mm. Gardening for Shanti is one way of tapping in. Um, Carvey saying walks and travel and that you have to speak about it. Um, Rosemary's asked a question, how do you manage to stop the avoiding tactics when you know what you should be doing? Yeah, if anybody has the answer to that, please type it in. <laughs> um, how do you, yeah, look. 
I think the first thing, Rosemary, great question is awareness, um, is to acknowledge that avoidance is happening. Um, you can't change it until you acknowledge it. Uh, and I, I'm not a person to get into analysis paralysis, um, but, you know, it's the first thing is to acknowledge the, the impact that the avoidance is having on me um, and also to speak it out. Um, maybe to somebody who's trusted to you that I'm noticing that I'm really avoiding this, but I'm not sure why, what should I do? Um, that can also be a question to yourself. That can also be something that you can do with your morning pages. Um, a blank page does amazing things. I never knew how powerful this practice would be, um, the morning pages in the morning, the ideas that come, the things that surface that uh, I had forgotten about. Um, hope that helps for us, me. And again, that's more of space or the idea of light space. And even decluttering, I found, can help with that clarity, not having stuff all around us. You know, I used to say that my house was noisy because there was stuff everywhere. And so that that stopped intuition. Um, we've had another question in the Facebook group. Um, how do you know if you've created the idea or if intuition has given it to you? Mm, great question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think the, the result, um, you know, the impact of what you've created may be different from if it was pure intuition. If you've sort of, um, you know, added to it above and beyond the intuition, the impact of it may be quite different. Um, so often I would know from the effect uh, that that has um, overall yeah, which again comes back to attachment, which we've talked about with quite a few speakers, you know, and detaching mm. from our need, isn't it? Mm. What's the intention behind? A beautiful question we've just been asked, um, and we will go right up to the hour probably because, Stephen, we're, this is juicy, right? It's juicy, mm. isn't it? Is everyone okay to keep going for a couple of minutes? Um, is that what if you know that the path, what if you know what the path is, but those who love you are afraid to let you walk it? I feel yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was also discussed. I think it was, uh, was it Jill this afternoon? Um, one of our speakers today was, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was about um, uh, when your partner um, uh, isn't feeling the same way you are about your worldview and how things are going. Look, I th I, that's a tough one, but I think that the main thing is is that you and how you present yourself and how you're changing. Um, you can't preach to anybody that they should be following the same path as you. Uh, the path that you're walking has to be attractive. Um, and uh, the way you present yourself, how it's impacted on how you interact with the world, if that's something that they want to follow, they'll follow. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's nothing gained by trying to pull somebody along the same path with you. And it takes a lot of patience and a lot of gentleness. Um, and I've been in that boat before. Um, and I'm sure that that question speaks to a lot of people. 
And it reminds me a lot of what I love and reference in so much of my own work, which is David Hawkins' frequency scale and the fact that anything that's below a vibration of 200 requires force. You know, you have to force people to your way, whereas mm. above 200, which is love, joy, peace, you know, all of those things that are above, even acceptance, um, uh, have innate power. They don't require force anymore. Yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah, me a lot of the path to intuition is a gentle path, mm. um, and it's, it creates a lot. It's all of those small steps that we talked about um, creates the space within, um, and and most of the time you don't know that you're you're working on intuition. Some of the times you don't know that your intuition is guiding you, and and I think back to that moment when I decided that my first career was about was a hospital administrator. And I remember my father taking me to many different um, university career nights to help me make my decision. And he wanted me to be a teacher because being a teacher was a safe, secure job. But it wasn't sitting with me. It wasn't sitting with me that that's what I wanted to do. And we went to all of these different places. And then we went to this university in Brisbane and we went to a whole heap of different places. And I remember sort of there was this little room just to the side and I said, let's go in here, Dad. And I walked in and this room was all about hospital administration. And immediately I said, this is what I want to do. I knew it. I, this is what I want to do. And, and when I got home and told my mother and I said, I want to be a hospital administrator, she knew there was no way she was going to change my mind because it was one of those moments that was really clear to me and then I thought as I went along in my career um, there were many moments that I realized you know that um, that that moment was the beginning of my intuition really guiding me I didn't know that then um, it was my inner sort of my inner wisdom was saying this is the path that you are most aligned to this is the one that you go need to go but I was very clear it was it was as clear as crystal at that moment that this was my path but I didn't know that that was intuition at that stage of my life wow and so so profound that you really had that strong knowing each time you know which I think is also telling you each time to trust that intuition and when you have you know how that's turned out we do have one more question in the q a box should we yeah. should we do that one as a final question i've, I've got that and I, I will answer that and and what i was just going to say is that i invite you and five the participants here is to write down all of those moments where you think your intuition guided you Write down, all, and you'll be surprised, um, as I was, as even preparing for this talk has helped me identify so many moments of intuition. So I invite you to write, write that down. Um, but also for yourself, what are the things that work for you that help you um, build um, your intuitive uh, capabilities? Um, so the question is, what questions do you ask yourself for the morning papers? I don't. Um, I, I just open the pad, I have my cup of tea and it's just blank and I just start writing. Um, I just start writing and you'll be surprised, just start writing on the page and it just starts flowing. Um, I think it's important not to have 
an agenda. And that's what um, my mentor told me. He just said, just start writing. Um, I read a little bit about it. Um, I looked it up. Uh, I didn't buy the book. I just uh, read about some summaries on some blogs and what you should do in your morning page and et cetera. And then I just got enough and I just started writing. So, yeah, I, it's no question. hope that was helpful. I love that. I love a bit of automatic writing myself and I know my ritual is when I get on a plane, as soon as you get up to that 40,000 feet, it's like the air is clear, there's space up there and that's when I always get out something and just write whatever automatically comes to mind. So some great tips for people there thinking about how might I tap into my intuition more? Shall we answer that final question? Because I know people are starting to need to go. Yeah, great. Um, a lot and of people whilst, are saying other sessions. Whilst <laughs> yeah, whilst you're doing that, just please, um, please write. What's your main takeaway from today's session? And what's the final question? What? Oh, no, we've said the what questions do you ask yourself. We've got that one. Um, someone had asked earlier on about... Did your um, intuition align with your values and faith? So did you connect this intuition feeling with your values and faith? That was one I hadn't answered. Uh, did you in connect? I think that uh, the more I became clearer about my values, um, they sort of work like a magnifying glass um, in helping uh, bring my intuition alive in terms of where it was needed um, and helping me stay alignment to those values. So I think that the clarity process, and that's that's been a, quite a process, and I, I do regularly go through and review values because I do a lot of work in healthcare, um, working with people around values. So every time I'm working with them, I'm asking myself questions uh, about the values. So. AJ, do you think that we have time for a quick meditation just to um, to sign off for two minutes? Oh, I think that would be delicious. And um, maybe if you are writing your takeaway, you can pause from doing that for a moment and it would be beautiful to do a little meditation to close out. Thank you. And thank you. That was a suggestion from Pooja. So thank you, Pooja, for that suggestion. Mm. So I just invite you. And you can keep your eyes open for this meditation. And just allow yourself to be fully aware of all of the, the noises that are going on around you. Whatever it be, ticking clock, traffic, people speaking, TV, it's just sound energy, let it go, let it flow. Be aware of what you're seeing through your eyes, furnishings, colours, computer screen. Just allow yourself to gently observe what you're seeing, and just seeing yourself as the observer. Feeling the warmth or the cool through your skin. Feeling of the cloth against your skin. 
feeling of your back against the chair. Just be fully conscious and aware of all of these sights, sounds. And just be aware of your breath. Feel the coolness of the breath through the nose and out through the mouth. Be aware of the breath through the nose hitting the back of the throat and the chest rising. And just be aware of any thoughts or feelings that you're having right now. Just ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Feel it, acknowledge it. And just let it go like it's a cloud in the sky. And just allow yourself to connect in with your own reservoir of peace that just needs the space. Just needs the thoughts to be still for it to emerge and fill your whole being. Just allow yourself to hold on to this experience. Just let it softly reverberate through your body, into your room, into your world. Namaste. Namaste, my friend. And I guess to close out, um, I would like to share just what I felt in that moment um, is a deep gratitude for you, my dear friend, my brother. Um, I've always loved your conviction for what you do in service for others. And I have great admiration for your generosity of spirit, has introduced me to other people, has shared resources and information, has always seen knowledge as something to be shared and not withheld. And his calmness has always um, been there as long as I've known him. And I wanted to share one little memory that's actually quite personal between us, I hope you don't mind me sharing, um, in that, as my dear brother, we um, spent some time together in the Blue Mountains at one of the VK centres. Um, and I remember arriving that night and I'd driven for about three and a half, four hours to get there. And it was all rush, 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 you know, and I'd been on the road. And when I arrived, Stephen kind of checked, had I eaten, did I need water, whatever. And then he said, let's just go out for a walk. And it was dark and it was chilly up there. And we went and we ended up laying on the road. Do you remember? And we lay on the oh. road for like an hour and a half in the middle of the road looking at the stars above us and in 
absolute wonder at the cosmos and just the grandeur of the universe. Um, and we really didn't even need to speak. And at that moment I came home, yeah, came home to myself. So this man is a dear human, a brother to me or like a brother, and I know that all of you will have little bits that you've taken away from tonight and thank you for sharing that in the comments, which we'll have a look at. Um, and I know we've gone a little over time. So I want to give my heartfelt Michelle and I throughout this summit because you volunteered to do that without being asked. And it's been a blessing and a gift, even though you're on Stradbroke Island and a long way away from us, knowing that you're there energetically and supporting us and sending us little messages and being there and bringing the meditators together is just, again, another extension of a demonstration of the character and the quality of who you are. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Thank you, H.A. Thanks to everyone. Remember, day seven of the summit is actually a rest and reflection day, and it's meant to be a day to regroup and to think about what you've learned so far if you haven't had a chance to watch all of the speakers, please go back and check some of them out because they are amazing, just saying, and prepare yourself. Clean the slate, get ready for the final um, day on day eight, which is Monday. Um, thank you all. Have a blessed evening, day, lunchtime, noon, morning, wherever you are in the world. Bye. Thank you.